We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I'm your host for tonight, Nick, joined by Jacob Niffin. As the Thunder win a game of significance. 101 to 100 over the LA Clippers. Three straight wins over the Clippers this season. Twice back at home in Oklahoma City early on. They win tonight in LA. Massive, massive, massive game for a number of reasons. A, tiebreaker. B, climbing the standings. Um, Just an absolutely incredible game by the thunder we'll get more into it first just want to give a quick plug obviously we are brought to you by the blue wire podcast network and dailythunder.com and if you don't already please subscribe wherever you get your podcast leave us a five-star rating i imagine we have a lot of new listeners over the past few weeks the thunder have been not great the past couple years been a lot better of late so if this is your first time tuning in welcome if you're a loyal listener, also welcome. Um, Jacob, big picture takeaways from this game. I want to start. I want to hear some of yours as well. For me, like looking holistically at this game, before we dive into the the game flow and, and what happened each quarter, like poise is the word that sticks out to me. Like the youngest team in the NBA, I think youngest or second youngest in NBA history, is down 18 to four to start the game. There's two directions that can go. There's like the chip away, like a veteran team would do, or there's the, you go down worse from there and it's over in the first quarter. And this team fights back. Not only do they chip away, they lead after quarter one. It's like, what do you see from this team from a poise standpoint and from a just playing way older than they are. I mean, yeah. First, but before I answer the question, Nick, I got to give a shout out because it is currently 
in the morning. It is 12.06 a.m. Central Time. And this live stream is ridiculous. It's popping off. The Team Degenerate is out tonight. Staying <laughs> up late for the stream. Uh, I mean, what can you say? We make a big deal out of things like mindset and culture and like all these words and phrases that coaches like to say. I'm going to make Silva do some editing before this one goes up on the stream. I mean, that shit's not just talk. They live it. Like, they talk about the zero and zero mentality. They talk about the 48-minute game. That's cute. It's whatever. They don't talk the talk. They walk it. Like, four to 18, and they just came out and thought, like, screw this. Like, we're just going to hoop. We're going to do our thing. And the Clippers started this game like locked in defensively. The Thunder looked a little shell-shocked. They did not look like the aggressors. And you know who, after that 18-4 to start, came out and looked like the most aggressive guy on the court? The rookie. Yep. J-Dub just came out and cooked in that first end of that first quarter and that start of that second. Had like 11 points at the half. And I mean, was just doing some absurd shit. Future star. Dude, Zach Lowe on his podcast that dropped today, yesterday, I tweeted out the quote. He said, Paulo better finish strong because J-Dub... said the same thing tonight. Do what? Yeah, KOC said the same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. dude, that... My my brain is in a billion places now. Same, same. That play where... Was it the fourth quarter? I think it was the fourth quarter where they saved the ball on the baseline. J-Dub gets at the top of the key, sends Kawhi flying, and just goes in and throws down a dunk where his elbows are at the damn rim. Like, yeah. I started speaking in tongues. Yeah. So, before we move on, I just want to say, uh, we have 126 comments in the first five <laughs> minutes of this live stream. Uh, keep them coming. I have a feeling this one will probably go later than a general post-game pod, given the severity of the situation. Um, if you have questions, comments, keep sending them in. We'll try to highlight as much as we can, talk about as much as we can. We'll stay um, up late. I don't care. We'll, I'll show we'll a video in class. <laughs> we'll stay up late. Uh, again, incredible game. Team plays beyond the years. The culture stuff Jacob talked about. Couldn't agree more. Um, like like it's it's talked about a lot. You see it in games like tonight. Uh, my second takeaway is. But before you give your second yes, takeaway, yes, go ahead. We're six and a half minutes in. We've buried the lead. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't get a goddamn shot off. 20 seconds, no shot clock, chance to win the game. We're skipping to the end. Homeboy couldn't get a shot off, Nick. Hey, not homeboy. Like, we're talking a guy that is averaging, like, 20 finals a MVP. game on 50, 50, 90 shooting in the past, like, month. Couldn't even get the shot off. Not it was a bad shot. Not it was an ill-advised shot. Not it was, like, a shot that was off. He couldn't shoot the damn thing. Yeah. Part of it is like he should have passed it. That was. <laughs> but, but he's a superstar. Like, he shouldn't pass it. He should be able to I've, get a shot off. I, I have to go on the record. Like, I have been negative of Lou Dort since the All-Star game. And rightfully so. Like, he has been not very good. 
Um, offensively tonight, Lou struggled again, right? Didn't score. Um, had only like one three. Was he like one of eight? I got it right here. Hold on. Oh, five in the first half. I think he hit the one first of, one. One of eight from three. Yeah. Three of 11 from the floor. The The road woes continue for Lou. But God damn. And why do you get paid? Clamps. Yeah. I mean, absolutely refusing to get screened. I mean, that like, there's a lot of Lou Dort moments. One of them is against LeBron with the hands in the face. Like that was, yeah, that was, that was this, viral. This one goes on the highlight reel. Right, right. Like I, I haven't been on Twitter since we fired this up live. My hope is that that's, that's viral right now. My hope is that that is like making its rounds on Twitter. Lou Dort. Like it was like, I don't think it was a full 24 second. I think it was like a 22 second. It was 21, 22, right around there. It was a full 22 seconds of like fighting over screen, shuffling feet, getting into him. Like it it was, if you are a basketball coach. Lou Dort got more cardio in that 20 seconds than I did in my hour and a half gym session today. It it was like textbook. Like that, that's, that's what every coach wants their, their players to be. Half, half of it's effort. Like, 90% 90% yeah. of the NBA dies on like the third screen and he fights over every single time. Bonkers. Insane. I mean, okay. I'm, I, I just, I had to get that out of my system. I don't know how, I don't know how fired up you were, Nick. After he got that shot off after the buzzer, I just sat there and stared at my, my TV screen and, midnight just screaming the f word over and over at my television so i had a different experience um i called you after the game shout out clay sally for uh bringing back to reality so whenever whenever we're covering game for the uncontested to give you like a a, a little bit of background we're all like like i'm taking notes tonight because it's my game to cover tweeting out taking notes like what am i going to talk about what happened during the game what are the themes yada 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 and so like you're you're kind of like like would you agree jacob covering a game is kind of tough because you can't really fully focus the entire time like you're up and down like typing notes etc yeah i thought it was a tie game when Kawhi was doing all that and lou was locking him up so when he doesn't get the shot off i think it's overtime and Jacob texts me and says, firing it up. And I text back and I said, oh, we're going to do this thing live. Like, I'm thinking we're about to go five minutes of overtime live. And Clay Sally, friend of the pod, loyal listener, if he's not on live now, I'll be listening in the morning, said, what a win. And I'm like, looking at my phone, looking at the screen, and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> the Thunder were up one. Like, I was so, like, typing notes, looking up. I didn't even realize they were up one. So... I had the delayed reaction that you had of like the, I didn't scream the F word at my TV five times. Um, five minutes like, after the game, you said, yes. Oh God, <laughs> this I, is over. It was, I mean, Lou Dort, as much slack as he gets, got paid for a reason. Do I think he'll be on the team this time next year? I still don't know. Like that's like tonight's game doesn't change that thought process, but underrated still like he doesn't get i'm not saying he's defensive player of the year he doesn't get all defensive team recognition ever and i think he deserves it tonight's a good example agreed he just worked his ass off yeah and the whole night he guarded guys that were 
five to seven inches taller than him. Yeah. It's crazy. He's good at what he does. Uh, moving on, next big takeaway. Yeah, there's um, so much from this to talk about. There, there's a lot. I mean, and there's no rush like getting through. Like, we're going to be here for a while. Um, Nick's got me thinking I'm going to be here till like 2 a.m. <laughs> well, if it happens, it happens. <laughs> uh, like you said, play a movie tomorrow. The SGA dominance post All Star break. I didn't realize this. I was, again, when you're covering a game, we all have like assigned games we're covering. Um, we're like looking up stats and like things to tweet out and like things to put in the post game. I'm like looking at post all-star game stats. And in my head, I'm thinking I'm going to, you know, filter points per game since the all-star break. And I expect to see like Joel Embiid at the top. Like this guy's front runner MVP passing Nikola Jokic, putting up bonkers numbers, just scoring at will. And then I'm like, wait a second. SGA is leading the NBA in scoring since the all-star break. That's crazy, dude. Like on, six, six on months insane ago, efficiency, right? In six months ago on this here podcast, the uncontested, we are debating. In fact, I lost a bet. We're debating SGA making the all-star team. Fast forward. The thunder what are they, the seventh seed out right now? I think Owning so. the tiebreaker over the Mavs? Uh, They're the seventh seed. Matt Moore, Hardwood Paroxysm, tweeted tonight that uh, the Thunder, at this point, very much in play for fifth. I mean, that's, that's, that's a fact. Fifth! That's a fact. It's a fact. They're seventh in the West and play for the fifth in late March with 10 games left, 11 games left. And SGA, not only is he top five in scoring for the year, He's leading the NBA in scoring since the All-Star break. It's stupid, what? dude. Yeah, we were we were debating like it it was mildly hot take to say that um that he would be an all-star preseason. Like it wasn't super hot. I think a lot of people kind of felt that way, but it was like it, it was more it was more the competition than him. Like the West was yes. Loaded. And then right now. The question is, is it first or second team all NBA? Right, right. Which is insane. And if they if they bypass the play-in, it's first team. Yeah. You can't tell me, like, you cannot tell me otherwise. Games played, production. Um, here you go. Since the All-Star break, Shea is uh, 53% from the floor, 45% from three. Goodness. Only 86% from the free throw line. Goodness. Uh, he's good. Um, what, what he's doing, like you look at Vegas odds and Vegas odds don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Like that doesn't Vegas odds don't mean this person's going to win this award. Or this person's going to be all NBA or rookie, whatever. But he's like both from like the NBA.com MVP ladder and Vegas odds. I think he's like seventh. An MVP. Yeah. And it might go up after tonight. After people wake up and see what they did tonight. And let's let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Um, the Thunder have swap rights with the Clippers. So in the circumstance, they were to beat the Clippers Thursday, beat the Lakers, you know, kind of continue and, and surpass them. Like there's, there's swap odds on the line. Like it's 
I think they're what now one and a half games back of the Clippers, if I'm not mistaken. It's not the top of my head. Um, there was an injury tonight, and I think you and I both would agree do not like injuries. Like, I don't care if this is like the difference between the Thunder making the plane and not, like, you don't want an injury. Like, yeah, you, you, you hate to see dudes get injured, um, especially former Thunder players that were fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, we, we saw how much like PG shoulder injuries really damaged like thunder postseason runs. Yeah. Uh, So you hate to see it. Um, Nothing malicious there. Like I, it should not, it has to be talked about because it's going to be a real factor if it's a thing. Yeah. Um, Well, so like you said, I also have not been on uh, Twitter. I just pulled it up because I'm trying to, I I saw a tweet. Um, Clippers George helped off with apparent leg injury. Apparently, um, uh, Woj already has an article up. Um, typically, mm. it's not good if Woj writes an article. No shit. I, I hope it's not bad. I my assumption would be he's probably not playing Thursday. Yeah, for sure. Um, because I mean it it didn't look good. Your your knee is not supposed to to move like that. You know, it's not supposed to go backwards. No. Um. But yeah, like you mentioned, Thunder are one and a half behind the Clippers right now. Uh, Clippers are at five, Thunder at seven. So they're one and a half behind the Clippers with another game against them on Thursday, possibly without PG. Um, That's a huge one. And uh, you mentioned like playoff seating is on the line. They got the tiebreaker. Pick swaps are on the line. You already own the tiebreaker now. Uh, worst you can go is three and one against the Clippers this season, which is not what I had on my bingo Especially card. Especially given the first two wins were like early, really early. Yeah, first eight games of the season. Yeah, uh, I mean they they were injured as well. Like I don't think Kawhi was playing it. I actually I know Kawhi didn't play the first two. Yeah, and um, PG didn't play one of the first two. Yeah. So regardless, the the way this team continues just to like exceed expectations, like break the norm, do things they're not supposed to do. We've been saying this for a long time. Like we've been saying like playing with monopoly money, but it feels like we're monopoly billionaires now. (laughs) And like, yeah, like not only you playing with monopoly money where it's like, Oh darn, you run out. Like you got so much money. You can't run out. Yeah. This one felt like a high stakes game too. Like, I don't know if you felt that Nick, it almost felt like, playoffish just the the intensity of the game the past two yeah Yeah. what great experience for these young guys i i got down a rabbit hole a few nights ago and was like crunching numbers on the past forget what it was five ten years of 10 seeds and it's a little different now because like you're more incentivized to be a top 10 team um but i crunched some numbers and i looked at like a bunch of analytics projections and stuff and what i came down to was if the thunder win 39 games they're probably in the play-in if they win 40 games like i would be shocked if they were not in the play-in what was tonight 36 yes 36 36 so let me uh let me let me take this back a bit this is the week the Thunder got to five. Hey, I hadn't thought about that till just now. Um, I I made that uh, 
I made that exclamation on the podcast like a month ago, six six times ago they had the chance to and couldn't do it. Uh, they finally did it. They're at 536 and 36 with, what is it? 10, 10 games left. left. 10 left. So based on the numbers that I crunched, and I'm just a random guy that didn't know anything, if they win three more games, they're probably in. If they win four more games, they're definitely in. That's very doable. Like at this point, you've Jacob, got Portland on the schedule. You've got the Jazz on the schedule. You've Pistons. got Pacers, Pistons, Hornets, Hornets on the schedule. So, so you just you just amplified my question. How confident are you that the Oklahoma City Thunder are in a playing game? That Portland one feels big because they're like 50. I'm kind of itching up. I'm 50 50. Oh, I'm more than 50 50, I think. I'm 50% it's a playoff game. I'm 50% they bypass the playoffs and they're six. So 50 playing, 50 surpass. Yes. So you're 0% chance they miss. They're, they're, they're not in the lottery, my guy. Wow. Okay. I was going to say seven. I thought unless, you were saying 50. Unless okay. Shea goes out to dinner tonight and gets shot or something. Okay. I thought you were saying 50% chance to make the play in or playoffs. So you're saying you're sold. I was going to say 70-30. Like, there's still a chance Portland inches up or the Utah Jazz going to run. No. No. It's done. So you're preparing yourself for a playing game. I'm preparing myself to, like, tomorrow I am putting together the document of teams that the Thunder may face and people we know that write and podcast of those teams mm -hmm. so we mm -hmm. can get a guest on the show and scheduling post-game uh, playoff pods. Okay. Um, selfishly hoping for Dallas, um, if, for a playing if, game, for the playing game. If, I mean, if it's in Oklahoma city, fine. If it's in Dallas, even better. I will host you guys, obviously. Oh, we're Dallas. coming down. We're getting yeah. in and out. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I'll host you guys. We should have, we haven't talked about this. I don't want to like promise anything on the air, but like, they just beat like, the Clippers. Some Nick. kind of, some kind of, party or watch show or something something we gotta do something like that's that's a big deal very from, much so. from black eye of the nba and the hornets are doing it the right way to <laughs> this feels significant yeah they still don't have the number two pick <sighs> who warmed up again this today he looks tonight, good he's i mean watching him warm up on sunday against before the suns game not against the suns um, he does. Do Do you have other big? There, there's a lot of things from this game that we still got to cover. Yes, 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 yes. Do you have takeaways? Do you want to get into like quarter by quarter? Like, how do you want to dissect I, the rest of this? I don't. I don't think we need to go quarter. By, I do have notes on quarter by quarter. I don't know if we need to per se. Um, I would leave it at if you did not watch tonight's game. You're doing yourself go a service by listening to Jacob and I give you the breakdown. Go watch it. Like there's YouTube has like NBA.com's nine minute recap worth your time. Um, I do have two more takeaways and we can okay. kind of wrap them into one and like talk about both. Um, the first being SGA ultimately did like take over the game. I think he had the final 10 points in the third quarter and then did his thing in the fourth but the fact that the Oklahoma City Thunder were able to stay in it and like maintain a lead and or um, trail closely without him like 
balling out is impressive. Like Agreed. we talk about this team without Shea. I, I think I think outside of Oklahoma City, people who don't follow the team closely would say Shea misses. Like let's let's say Shea or missed the Lakers game, second night of back to back. Mark's talked about maybe that's off the table. Maybe he will play the second night of back to back. I think the the average NBA fan of, outside of Oklahoma City would say Thunder are cooked. Like they they can't do anything with SGA. That's probably true. Like big picture, they're not as good of a team, obviously. But they've got guys like we've seen Dub take over games and be a lead dog. So that's the first takeaway is like this team has players outside of shape to piggyback on that. Not even Dub, who had an awesome game. Isaiah, Joe. I maybe I'm a fool. Coming into the season, I'm like, yeah, good three-point shooter. He's going to play his role. He's going to get 12 minutes a night, knock down a three or two. Better version of Lindy Waters. Great. Like, good signing. More recently, he's been in a deep bag. Like, drive the lane, step back between the legs, reverse kind of pull up. He's hitting, like, the pump fake sidestep. Like, offensively, Fantastic, like much better offensive prospect than I ever expected this early. Defensively, also making massive plays. He had that steal on Kawhi in the corner, like holding his own defensively. There's a lot of guys that are like three-point shooters that cannot play a lick of D, like Davis Bertans in, in Dallas can never take the floor because even if he makes two or three threes, he's given up 30 on whoever he's guarding. Like Isaiah Joe can actually hold his own defensively. So... Two takeaways, just to recap. Team has some guys outside of SGA, specifically Isaiah Joe, who has been very impressive recently. Want to hear your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this team talks a lot about not putting guys in a box and letting them explore their game. Um, Which, you, to you the outside see- world, sounds like a prestiism or some or BS quote. Yeah. But it, it's it's real. It, it is real. And that is why you see guys like Isaiah Joe. Nick, you mentioned it. When I remember the day the tweet came across that the Thunder had picked up Isaiah Joe. And I tweeted out a meme and I said, all NBA media, oh, the Thunder signed Isaiah Joe. That's a good signing. And then I put Thunder fans. Where do we get minutes for this guy? Because we got so many dudes to develop. This is why you take flyers on guys like this. You pick them up. You let them explore their games. It's not lip service. You let them explore these things. He came in in that Dallas game, went supernova, hit like five threes in the fourth quarter, and they won it. And he was like strictly a three-point shooter. Tonight, I watched him drive in, hit a step-back hezzy, blow past his guy for a little like five-foot runner. And I was like, where in the hell did this come from? He's defending Paul George on the perimeter. He's digging in, stealing the ball from Kawhi Leonard. He's skying over guys for offensive rebound, saving possessions. That's the type of shit that gets you a contract and keeps you around in the league for a long time. You're seeing it from Isaiah Joe. You're seeing it from Lindy Waters. You're seeing it from Jay Will, right? When Jay Will came in, he was not supposed to be a three-point shooter. And I mean, I... I think I tweeted at you tonight. He had a play where 
think it was the second quarter. He caught a pass at the top of the key, hit a head fake, made his man go flying, took one dribble in, drew the defender, and then dropped off the pass. Just the how cerebral he is. Yeah. They let their guys play through their stuff. Yep. And on the other side of that, they come out and they look awesome. Isaiah Joe is exhibit A. What a hell of a pickup. They got this guy for two two more years at like two million. It's it's like Lou Dort all over again. Like it's just like free money. It's like value of like dollar per dollar value. One of the best values in the league. Hundred percent. Like right. It, you're you're yeah. paying this kid. What is it? Uh, one and a half percent of the salary cap. Salary caps at like 115, 120, and they're paying him like 2.3. Yeah. It, it, yeah it, You're like at 1.6, right. 1.7% of the cap. That's dumb. Yeah. He was awesome tonight. Absolutely awesome. And even though he missed the shot, you mentioned at the start of this show, Nick, I said Kawhi wouldn't pass the ball there in that, that final possession. You're like, well, he's a superstar. Yeah. You know who did pass the ball on the final two pos- offensive possessions? Shea. Your guy. I guess our guy. Yeah. All of our guys. Um, first one goes to Isaiah Joe. Beautiful look. Just didn't drop. I wanted, if that one would have dropped, mm. this podcast would have been me shirtless. <laughs> and then the next one, he um, just clears out and lets, uh, let's J-Dub do his thing. I thought it was a good look from J-Dub. Just didn't rattle down. Yeah. Um, and when it, I will be very honest with you. When the J-Dub shot, didn't rattle down and 22 seconds are left and the Clippers rebounded the ball. I, my verbatim said F I'm not going to make, I'm actually not going to make Silva edit a whole bunch. I said F they're going to win this game. Meaning the Clippers, What you didn't see coming was I, I don't watch every game across the league every night. Like I'm not, a, like I watch league pass a lot. I'm not, a league pass junkie that watches every game or every replay, I would still be confident to say that is a top 10 individual defensive possession of the entire damn season. That one, the one against Jamal Murray in Denver, the one against Dame in Oklahoma city. He's got a string of them. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so much more to-, to talk about. We haven't talked about J-Dub yet. I was, I was literally about to say, J-Dub is your guy. I want to give you just like a, a quick moment to give your thoughts on him tonight. And then like, I think holistically, a lot of the listeners probably want to hear our take on the rookie of the year campaign and the late push, yada, yada, yada. So like even outside of this game, I think it's an appropriate forum to discuss that quickly. Okay. I want to talk about J-Dub and Josh. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. J-Dub, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and a block. Uh, Over 50% from the floor, 50% from 3, 100% from the free throw line. Kawhi's a big dude. Paul George is a big dude. And J-Dub physically looked like he belonged the entire night. And the aggressiveness he played with, uh, he had the baseline cut for the dunk off the pass from Olivier Saar, who we should probably mention. Um, Big-time dunk. He had that blow-by on Kawhi Leonard and threw one down. Um, 
had, I think both of his threes were like catch and shoot step in threes, which were awesome. That's the one we've been talking about, Nick. I re-listened to our draft night podcast the other day. And we oh, were God. talking about and it was it was it how was much awesome. shit did I talk on J Dub? It was awesome. Like we were all just so hyped. It was oh, I probably lo- I, I was not hyped, I'll be completely honest. I my evaluation of J Dub pre draft was off. I was I was evaluating I it was for as, everybody. I don't I was think evaluating I don't... oh for sure. I mean the fact that he dropped at twelve, yeah. I was evaluating him as like this wing that had some guard skills that translate. And this dude is like, you have a point guard, but I'm also capable of playing center. If you need me to like what? Yeah. Insane. It's crazy. He was so aggressive tonight. I felt like he struggled in that Suns game with the physicality, especially from Tory Craig. And then I, I felt like tonight was the opposite. I felt like he learned from that experience. And tonight he was the aggressor and it was awesome, dude. That that two-handed throwdown, and he just lets out that primal scream coming back to the bench that you can hear on the broadcast. Erotic. His his pop is oh, we noted this seeing him in person at Summer League. Yeah, how quick he gets off the floor is impressive. It is like when when he dunks, it's like that. It's not like this like gather bend the knees, jump up, like throw it down. It is like, boop, boop, it's done. It's over. Yeah. You know what, Nick? His brother's more athletic. His brother is going to be very good. Probably, while J-Dub should have been a top five pick, His brother Cody will be. will be a top five pick. If if not, hot take number one. Dude, I, I would love to get Cody in Oklahoma City. Um, Amen in the chat. So, we mentioned it earlier. Got to mention it again. This chat for 12.30 a.m. is Insane. stupid. Shout out to all the degenerates. <laughs> you guys are the, the freaking goats. I'm this still, is I've been scrolling for like 30, 45 seconds, and I'm not at the top. It's insane. If you are not subbed to the YouTube channel and joining us on these, who cares about work the next morning? That's Facts. why coffee exists. We're working in the morning, and we are still here. So uh, J-Dub, Shea Gilgis-Alexander combine uh, 20 of 40 from the floor, uh, 3 of 8 from 3, 8 of 9 from the free throw line, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, and 51 points. Um, those are the two things you've gotten so far from the Paul George trade. I think that trade worked out pretty good. I think that is why Steve Ballmer looked so excited early on when this was looking like it's trained towards a blowout. He needs like that short burst of adrenaline. Like I didn't lose this trade that bad. Look at this. Kawhi and PG are incredible. Yep. But sorry. Hey, even if his team loses, that dude's like a multi-billionaire. He's no worries. We saw him at summer league. We did literally just like hanging out in section 103. Yeah, he's just walking up the stairs slowly and with no security, grabbing legs. This, yeah, (laughs) I was like, yeah, this dude makes my salary in like the next ten minutes. Probably less, probably one minute. Probably (laughs) that's depressing. Uh... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Josh Giddy. Yep. Five of 12 from the four, zero of three from three. Um, 13, six and six, just a pedestrian Josh Giddy game, 13, six and six. He had a move, Nick, where he drove in on Paul George, gave him a bump and then a spin around midi pull up off the glass. I felt like Josh was very physical tonight. Maybe I've said a lot of plays are my favorite plays of the game tonight. One of my favorite plays of the game tonight was early on when Shea drove in that first quarter, dropped off a pass to Josh, who just went straight through Paul George's chest and hit the layup for the and one. That was that was my I was gonna say the same thing. Like you you talked physical and taking to the rack. That was my play that I was thinking of. Yeah, it's I love it when he plays aggressive and he's still trying to find a way to do that consistently. I thought defensively he played very physical tonight as well. Uh, and you really, really love to see that. Um, you wish some of the threes would have fallen. I thought they were good yeah. looks. They just didn't go in. Um, I thought he was great. Like, yeah. It was interesting that he didn't close the game. I'd be fascinated to hear Mark's comments on that. Uh, if he commented on it at all, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen post-game quotes yet. Um, maybe he just didn't close because... Isaiah Joe was just really freaking good. Um, and another note from the game was I thought size was going to be a massive problem because Sar was not bad. No, I thought Sar gave really good minutes, especially defensively. Mostly good minutes. Like but, there was uh, times where it's like, oh God. But there was other times where it was like, wow, that actually was a very impactful stretch. 
Yeah, he had a massive block on Kawhi Leonard. Yep. Uh, he had some really good rebounds. Nice pass to J-Dub. Really nice dunk. pass. He also received a nice pass that he just like fumbled. <laughs> yeah. um, but Zubats, uh, or as uh, Michael Cage likes to call him, Zubat, the thing that you encounter in the dark cave in uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Red. Pokemon, yeah. Um, I mean, he was feasting. Yeah. Early on. He's and good. Made, like he's it, he's also very underrated. It made me very worried. Yeah. Um, that we were just gonna get annihilated inside, kind of like that Toronto game yeah. with Jakob Pertl. Yeah. Um he doesn't see the I, I don't even know if he saw the court in the fourth quarter. And that kind of took my mind down a rabbit hole, Nick, of like, oh God, is this gonna happen with Chet? But the difference is Chet can space out to defend, yeah. Chet, Chet can shoot threes. Uh, the versatility of Chet, you're not going to be able to play him off the court. Yeah, agreed. Um, my last thought on Giddy, um, it's always it's always very like refreshing to hear an external point of view. Um, Sorry, I, I didn't mean to laugh. These comments are are getting me though. I was say, what did I say? The, uh, this dream is getting me right now. It's it's good to hear other like external people that don't cover the Thunder talk about players and like hearing their thoughts um the suns game on sunday um sitting next to Dwayne rankin who covers the suns and he said something along the lines of josh giddy should be more aggressive because if he wanted to he could score 20 a night there's no question and then yesterday i was texting with somebody that covers another team asking their thoughts on the thunder and they said josh giddy is very surface level on what he could do. He's a very pass first kind of guy, which is a good thing. Once through the things that the team needs to win. But if Josh wanted to go, like if he was on the Houston Rockets and wanted to just go put up numbers, Josh could average 28 and eight very, very easily. He doesn't, but he has that upside, which makes me think like down the road in a playoff series, if someone gets hurt, or if it's a matchup where Josh can exploit something like he has upside that we really haven't seen given his like the nature in which he plays where he is a pass first guy. Like he's, you mentioned the aggressiveness, like the physicality getting to the rim. What if he decided I'm going to do that all night long? Yeah, he could what, dude. straight up. And it's just a number. I know. He's the second youngest guy on this team. Yeah. He's, he's younger 20. than J-Dub. He's younger than Chet. Like, when I was 20, like, it was <laughs> hard to take, like, anything seriously. Like, this kid has a lot of growing to do as a basketball player. He's got a lot of growing to do, like, physically as a human bulking up. Preseason yep. coach said he can put, like, another 15 pounds on that frame. Probably. If he plays at 240, are you kidding me? Yeah. He's your starting power forward. Yeah. And he's just got a lot of growing to do as a as a human, like mentally, right? Um he's ahead of his years, but yeah, he, like he's definitely wise beyond his years, but he's got so much growth ahead of him that these things like being more aggressive and and um taking these shots and and all that stuff, uh He's he won't be in his physical prime for another eight years. Yeah, you know there's a, there's a lot of 
incredible basketball ahead of him. Like there's a lot of incredible basketball ahead of this team. The oldest guy. They're going to be. Was Shea the oldest guy who played tonight? We didn't see Dario. Obviously, Kenrich is out. I think Shea's the oldest guy that played tonight. If that's the how old Sar? That's a good question. Sar might be older than Shea. He is twenty four. Same age as Shea. Same age. Might be. Um, Old, oldest guy that played on the floor tonight was 24 years old for the Thunder, and they just beat Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum. Nick Batum's old enough to be half this team's damn dad. Remember, remember what happened to Nick Batum last year when Che played against oh, him? Cooked his ass. Literally crossed him, pull up, bang. I, I, tweeted, I don't know if you saw, I tweeted tonight, uh, Oos guarded... Um, Batum for a while. Yeah, and I said it's like him looking in a mirror, but in twenty years. I would have loved to see Us play some of the Sar minutes. Like Us is not a center, but situationally, I think he could have. Mm-hmm. He did have a possession different. where he guarded PG that I thought he did really well. Used his body, used his chest, slid his feet, uh, shut off the driving lane, forced a pass. Really good look. Yeah, agreed. Another guy that's got a lot of growth ahead of him. Oh, I mean, we when Presti drafted Usman Jang, what he's envisioning for him to do at the NBA level, I don't think we've even like I wouldn't even say like we've seen the surface or like I don't think we've seen any of what Presti's envisioning like at all. Yeah, for sure. Unless you've watched the G League, like try to like look at what he's done in the G league and pretend it's against NBA players. Like maybe that's probably closer to what Presti envisions. I don't think we've seen any of what Jang's going to be long-term. I think that's fair, which is a great G league. Poku strung together a few good games. Let's, let's, let's chat about that briefly. Okay. Um, I am not the conspiracy theorist that says this team started winning in January when Poku got hurt. Because Poku got hurt. Right, right. They did start winning after he got hurt, but it's not because Poku wasn't playing. Correct. And I think there are people that have tried making that argument. I strongly disagree. Um, When he does come back, and Mark made a comment, was it pregame today or postgame Sunday, basically saying uh, Poku is playing with the blue, but their season ends in a week. Take that as you will, basically implying Poku will probably come back for the last five, six games of the season. Yeah. And a couple of games ago, Mark said that he's just, he wouldn't start him when he came back, but they hope to get him back on the floor with the thunder and Poku just wants to do whatever he can to help the team. And that's the right mindset to have coming in. So, so my question is this team is, is wildly different from the team. It was when Poku went down and in good, in a good way. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys have stepped up. Jay Will specifically, like balling out more recently. Where does he fit? Like, I'm not. Stop, I'm not talking like. Does he start? Does he come off the bench? Like, who does he take minutes from? Like, what? Just where does he fit overall? Like, how does he? Like, what? What skill set or what does Poku bring to the table that will help this team the most down the stretch? And then also like in the play-in slash play. Oh, it's it's the Poku nectar, Nick. 
Give me that sweet, sweet nectar. Yeah, it's, it's facilitation, huh? It's yeah, it's all about that facilitation, that that connecting both sides of the floor, the rim protection. Uh tonight, Poku, not a good shooting night in the G League. I don't think they give a shit about how he shoots in the G League. Like yeah. you know, kind of know what he offers you. Uh here's the impressive stuff from tonight. Uh he didn't start. I don't think he has been starting. Uh eight rebounds, eight assists, three steals, four blocks. That's a Poku line. Just doing all kinds of stuff, which is awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He really, he fits exactly what they want to do offensively with this team. He's the guy that can pick, pop, catch the pass, swing it, screen, relocate, screen again, drop off a, a slip pass, cut back door, do a catch and shoot three. I mean, he can take it off the rim and push it up the floor. He does all kinds of stuff, makes very quick decisions with the ball. Like he fits in exactly what they want to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, Amen in the chat. I don't, I don't know if we've, have we said explicitly what he wants you to say? The obligatory. I think it's on you to say it. Oh this yeah. Team. I already said it. This team doesn't even have chat yet. Okay, good. I think I got it in at like minute 26 or something. Making sure we got it in because Amen's a loyal listener and he he needs to hear it. Um, I'll put this one on you as well. We're going to go through some questions here real quick. Um, Playoff setting. Let's let's pretend the Thunder make the playoffs, which is a real, real thing. Like it could happen. Um, I, I, I guess I would expand on the question. A, how many players does Mark play? And B, outside of the starters, who on the bench actually gets minutes in the playoffs in a shortened rotation? It's a great question. The conventional answer is like eight or nine players play. I don't think this is Mark might play 12. Dude. They've quite literally said conventional gets you to the middle and you're mediocre. Like we are not following conventional. Like, like that's, that's an actual quote. Like we don't follow a conventional. Yeah. The five that have been starting, um, Pretty both much Jay since Wills Christmas, both, both Jalen Williams's, the the both Jalen's, Dort, Shay, Josh, like they are all playing playoff minutes. Isaiah Joe, without question. Dario Saric, I think, yeah. just because of the experience and the the veteran leadership. Yep. Um, like he was on a finals team until he tore his ACL. Yeah, it was like playing. I think Aaron Wiggins. I in a spot situation, thousand percent. I could see him being a guy that plays zero minutes game one, but like seventeen game two, and then yeah, two in game three, and then twenty in game. With four. how much minutes he's getting recently, does Lindy see postseason minutes? Lindy's been really. Like, we haven't talked about him, dude. Defensively, he has blown my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. He's been he really just, good. Yeah, he's just got that dog in him. Surprisingly. I think it's I think it's the uh, the change in the hair. He went from the ponytails to the braids, and I think it's I think it's working for him. Yeah, it's been awesome. He's been I I thought that Suns game maybe the best most impactful yep. game of his career. Yep. Um, Craig asks, be honest, who expected the W tonight? I will be the first to say I came into this game thinking they're allergic to five hundred. They've had every chance to get there. They're not a good team on the road. The Clippers are essentially fully healthy. It's probably going to be a loss. Jacob, did you have a different mindset coming in? I was hopeful. I didn't like 
I wasn't banking on yeah. a win. Yeah. My thought was if you're going to win two of the next four, one of them's Portland. And then the most important one is probably the Lakers one. Cause you're in a race with them. Yeah. Um, after tonight, you are in a race with the Clippers as well. Yep. yep. Um, when it was four to 18, I was like, <laughs> I got a new book today and I was like, you didn't I think you're going to be potting right now. I was like, I might, I might be reading my yeah. new book at, yeah. uh, at 11 PM tonight. Yeah. Did not read my new book at 11 PM tonight. This probably would not have been as fun if that had continued. We uh, want to have a over 150 people <laughs> in the stream at 1 AM. It would be me and like three people right now. Not fun. Uh, next, let's hit some more of these. Yeah. We, we can't get all of them. There's no, no there's way. Literally no chance. Um, next one. I think this is a hard question to answer. Like this isn't Tarian Prince scoring 35 for the Timberwolves last night. Like this is a game in which, as you would probably prefer to see, it was a team effort. But if you were to credit one person for the win, who would you, I mean, we gave player of the game to Lou. Like, is that who you would credit the win to, even though it was a one play thing? I mean, it's hard not to say Shea when he goes for 31 on 12 of 25, 31, 7, and 4. I thought J-Dub was incredibly impactful in this one. Yep. Um, shit, I might go Isaiah Joe. He went 2 of 8 from 3. Wow. But he's a plus 8. He led led the team, led the... No, Paul George was a plus 15. Wow. He was good. Wow. He was really good. Also, shout out to Russell Westbrook. He had a good game. I wanted to see him fail uh, because he was playing the Thunder, but he played really well. Yeah. Was very aggressive. Yeah. Go figure. Russell Westbrook being aggressive? It's crazy. We got we got Hayden Peterson, a very close friend of the pod. I don't think he's calling out. I think he's actually asking a question. So we've all said dub could be the reason Dort could be out the door at some point. Like, like dub is coming into that starter role. Um, does tonight change your opinion given how good Dort was defensively? Cause I think we've all said that dub could evolve into a equally as impactful defender, even if it's not point of attack, like on ball D it could be a equally as impactful, like disruptive team defender. Does this change your opinion or no? I think the argument is like lose defense was pivotal tonight, especially in that final possession. Yeah. Flip side of the coin. If Lou hits like three of eight threes instead of one of eight, you're probably not having to get a stop in the last second to win the game. And this Good one point. is in the bag with three or four minutes left. Good point. So where does that trade off? Right. I, I don't know. Um, like the, the one play, the win it versus the three that I still think offensively what they're trying to build. Lou is, the the odd man out he is the he is the i i can't think of an analogy it's 1 a.m but he's he's doesn't fit the mold of what they're building offensively i think that's just very evident that's not because he's not making shots it's the good decisions the quick decisions the efficiency the the ability to pass all that stuff guys like lou definitely have a role maybe it's off the bench kind of like what we saw when the Thunder played up in Portland that game uh, after Lou was injured and he play out, played off the bench. Maybe it's something like that. Um, but I, I, I think the balance of offense to defense is fascinating. Yep. Agreed. Uh, this is more of a comment from Meek Leak, but when we did preseason win projections, if someone had mentioned 36 and 36, 500 in late March, uh, I think they would have been torched. 
and kicked off the podcast. Some of us got kind of bold and said like 28 or 29. <laughs> I think, I think, or 30. I haven't listened back to that pod, but I think someone said 30 and it was like, oh, you're an idiot, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, I think 41 and 41 is very on the table right now. Very on the table. I think it is too. And I think 41 and 41 would get you a home court play in game. One of our last ones here again from Meek Leak. How have you felt about Mark? Uh, feels like he's been the coach for a long time. My opinion when the Thunder hired him, I figured he would be a developmental guy that probably gets displaced when this team is ready to contend. Um, he's been really good this year. But I think just like everything, you are judged based on relative expectations. So from a player standpoint, you are judged based on what you're paid. If you're paid $40 million a year, what you're expected to do is a hell of a lot different than a guy that's paid $5 million a year. Um, from a coach standpoint, kind of the same thing. It's not money. It's more like just overall expectations. Like if Mark was coaching a team that was supposed to win 50 games and they win 40, you're saying he's a horrible coach. They're projected to win 24 games and they win 40. He's a great coach. Mm-hmm. So I don't that's great know. I don't know if he is... I, I still am not here sitting here saying like he is the coach of the future for the next five years. I don't know. Like we've still not seen this team like next year. Jacob, and I talked about this a couple nights ago. I think he talked about it on the post game uh, after the suns, the, the thunder are going to have humongous expectations next year and whether or not they're actually uh, good enough to be expected to win 45 games, they will probably be nationally, the team that's like expected to break out and be the sleeping giant. And if they win 42 instead of 45, is Mark a bad coach? No, it's just relative expectations. So a lot to say. Uh, he's been great this season, but again, it's all relative to what the team's trying to do. 100%. Couldn't have said it better, Nick. Um, We got to hit this one. I Yeah, go ahead. I am, uh, you guys might make fun of me. I'm an old who doesn't know much about youtube like i watch youtube videos a lot but i'm typically not like in the streams and the chats and stuff uh but somebody paid money for us to read a comment so colin reed you are the king degenerate spending actual american dollars love it on the uncontested podcast hey speaking of i wore uh i wore this bad boy tonight wow the sga okc throwback that's like what 2020 Yes, this is one of our early ones. Yeah. Uh, so you guys should hit up cottonbureau.com. Go snag. We got the uh, the Lutang Clan shirts. If you're a big Lutang, uh, Lou Dort guy, we've got the J Dub shirts. We've got the All Star shirts. We got everything. So go get yourself some swag. Uh, Colin says um, Kevin O'Connor saying SGA very um, will really? very very well be on his MVP ballot. Wow. And whenever they vote. I think they vote top five. I think so. I did not. Jay's see... gonna get some votes. I wonder if is that a is that a tweet? I I am gonna go like Jacob said. We've we've been live streaming for an hour, so I saw the KOC tweet about J Dub, Rookie of the Year, making his case. I did not see the Shea Love, but that is uh, refreshing that people that are like I don't think people understand that covering thirty teams is so damn hard like you have to have no life watch basketball all day look at stats all day talk about basketball all day so when somebody like koc who is awesome 
um, gives the Thunder love and actually has like watched games, you know they're doing something great. My opinion. Jacob, I don't know. You had the no, same. No, 100%. Okay. I mean, this team has gotten more national attention, Nick, in the past 10 days than they have in the past two and a half years. As they should. As they should. So Eamon here has the exact KOC tweet. Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to sneak onto some MVP ballots for the fourth or fifth spot, maybe, including mine. I don't uh, think it works like that, though. I think they vote on one MVP. I don't think there's like a... Maybe it's like first, second, no, third. I don't they think fill it's out like, of top five. I thought it was one, two, three, not one, two, three, four, five. No, they fell out of top five. Okay. I'm almost positive. I am okay. almost positive. Nick. Well, good for I, him. As fun as it's been, it might be time for bed, my guy. I agree. It's 1 a.m. on the dot, central time. We've got some weirdos that are Eastern time. It's 2 a.m. for you. We've got Shout out to the degenerates. Yeah, we also got some Aussies who are like hanging out at 7 p.m. at dinner watching <laughs> like, us. It's early. Keep going. It's been good. Um, the Clippers, once again, on the docket Thursday night. The Thunder will be within half a game if they pull off that win. We'll mm-hmm. see if Paul George plays. Again, we have no ill intentions. We do not like to see injuries. But if he were to be out, it's a huge advantage for the Thunder. They follow that up with the Los Angeles Lakers that don't have LeBron, followed by the Portland Trailblazers, who by that point might not be playing anybody besides Shaden Sharp. Yep. Um, I I think all that to say, this win tonight kind of catapults what could happen going forward in a big, 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 big way. They're 500. It feels like that breaking through point. Um, had 150 on the stream tonight, 150 plus, probably four or 500 comments. Thursday night, we'll be back with you. I will be back with you. Jacob will be back with you. Maybe we'll rope Nick into coming on if they win. Maybe so. I think we should have the whole damn squad. Like, if they win that game, you're a half game out of five or six. It should be Groupon style. My opinion. Anyways, be back with you guys Thursday night. Another 9.30 Central Time game. Late night. West Coast. Talk to you then. And as always, For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.